Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, WWE's Money in the Bank pay-per-view. If you have not uh, seen the pay-per-view, this happened yesterday uh, on July 3rd. And this is going to be a radical departure because we're not talking about movies or shows or anything like that. We're going to go into something different. We're going to go into the world of uh, sports entertainment. I might do a little bit more episodes around pro wrestling, whether sports are coming up. I originally wanted to do one for the NBA Finals, but never really got around to it. Uh, So I figured I'd give this a try since I'm starting to kind of get back into pro wrestling and things like that. But anyway, I was actually kind of looking forward to this pay-per-view. And uh, I think because my kids started watching it about a couple of years back, um, I wanted to kind of get back into it as well myself, and I was a big wrestling fan growing up. Still watch it every now and then, like the WrestleManias, the Royal Rumbles, SummerSlams, Money in the Banks, and things like that. And, you know, if there is somebody in particular worth watching, I do keep up with that. But anyway, 2022, uh, Money in the Bank, uh, I was kind of looking forward to this one. And I got to say, from the opening match, opening match, we have the uh, women's Money in the Bank ladder match in which... Uh, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, uh, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, uh, Shotzi, and uh, who else was in the match? Asuka. Asuka and Lacey Evans were all in the match. And uh, things like that. And this was a pretty good match. Pretty good. Um, a lot of errors, I will say. I, uh, I did see a lot of... Uh, you know, mistakes in the match and things like that. But overall, it's pretty good. You know, the girls put on a good show. You know, Becky Lynch with that, you know, diving senton on top of Oscar on that ladder. I was a little bit hope. I was kind of hoping that the ladder would kind of give, but it didn't. You know, it was just a straight shot, and that kind of took Oscar out of the match. But for Liv Morgan to win the match, to win Money in the Bank, you know, this this poor girl, you know, a lot of people are starting to, were really starting to rally behind her. And uh, and things like that. And I remember, um, I remember at uh, you know towards the Royal Rumble earlier in the year, she started get she's been getting a big of a big bit of a push. You know, she was part of uh, the Riot Squad, and uh, she came in part of the Riot Squad. And it's unfortunate that. The two other members of the group, you know, Ruby Riot and uh, Nikki Cross are no longer with WWE. And she's kind of like the last one there. And she's starting to kind of come into her own and really, really kind of get her own. She got a following and things like that. So I was really happy to see her uh, not only win Money in the Bank, but to cash in Money in the Bank the same night. And we'll get into that later when we get to that match. But this first, this first match was pretty good. I think all the girls in the match really got a chance to shine uh you know show off some pretty interesting uh stuff everybody got their shit in and that's really you can't ask for nothing more and as far as when you have a multi a multi-man match and things like that so that was pretty good to see that uh next up we had uh the united states championship austin theory versus bobby lashley um this was kind of like the old school type thing you know you had a loudmouth heel in Austin Theory, who was the reign, who was the U.S. champion at the time, and of course you had the 
the almighty Bobby Lashley and things like that. It was just the classic heel versus baby face type of match. You know, Lashley being the big athletic powerhouse and Theory being the chicken shit heel that, you know, you're going to pay to see his ass, get his ass kicked and things like that. So for Bobby Lashley to win and become the new United States champion was pretty impressive. I think Lashley is one of the best WWE U.S. champions of all time. You know, I put him right up there with John Cena and Eddie Guerrero, you know, as far as the guys who have worn the belt. Um, but, you know, Lashley is the man. Lashley's good. You know, a lot of people sleep on Lashley. And even though he's been around for a long time and held, you know, all the gold, uh, he's pretty good. You know, he's a good, he's a, he's a guy that you want to build around. You know, when guys like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are no longer there, I would let Lashley have a run with the championship. Even though it's not a world title, you know, the U.S. title, the second title is always something good. You know, you can always have somebody come in and use that title to elevate other superstars. I mean, they did it, John Cena did it, you know, for guys like Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, and all those guys when they first came in and uh, things like that. And, you know, I, I always want to go back. I always wish they would go back and make those second those second titles like the US title and the Intercontinental title, you know, mean something. You know, back in the late 90s and in the early 2000s, that's how it felt. I mean, the the SummerSlam 98, it was a ladder match for the Intercontinental title, Rock Triple H. That meant something. You know how these guys were putting on a classic and you know it made those the main event have to step up their game. You know, in the 2000s, you had guys like Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, uh, Edge, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Rob Van Dam, all chasing the Intercontinental title. And then, of course, in 2003, they bring in the U.S. title. Guys like John Cena, Eddie Guerrero, Big Show, Bobby Lashley, Booker T, you know, all these guys who are Hall of Fame caliber talent chasing the gold and you know this is they make the title mean something you know nowadays it's not really looked at it you know that way and i'm not gonna lie i love the new look of the united states title the intercontinental title not so much but um that look that new belt that they made for the u.s championship you know the one that i thought that was really cool and i thought and i think lashley is a perfect candidate to wear the belt and maybe They'll use him to, you know, put somebody else over. Uh, maybe that new guy, Veer, he could work. You know what I mean? You know, he could put over somebody like, um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. They they really need to, you know, should I see him? I don't want to see him go up against Almost again because Almost, that rivalry was a little bit kind of all over the place and things like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if he drops the title of Almost or even if he goes up against, you know, one of the new guys, the younger talent kind of coming out. Hell, Damian Priest would make a good U.S. champion, you know, as far as the the whole Judgment Day thing goes and uh, things like that. Uh, next up, we have the Raw Women's Championship in which Bianca Belair defended her title against uh, Carmella. Carmella won the uh, the six-pack challenge to see who was going to win, to see who was going to face the women's champion. And Bianca Belair is a great, I think Bianca Belair is great as the women's champion. Um, the the stuff that's going on with Naomi and Sasha Banks really kind of put the 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 women's division on both brands on high alert. You know, with 
with Naomi and Sasha walking out, and then of course the rumors coming out that Sasha's leaving WWE, which would be a huge blow to the women's division. And then of course Charlotte taking time off because of her injuries or to get married, whatever whatever story you want to believe. But um, yeah, Bianca Belair is kind of the glue that kind of holds it all together. Like yeah, you still got Becky and Asuka, and um, you know now you got Liv Morgan there. You know, and things like that. You know, girls, the the ladies who are finally starting to find their edge, and uh, and things like that. But the Carmella, Carmella still works. You know, Carmella still has the 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 wherewithal to be a women's champion. You know, she makes a great heel, and you know, for her to go up against Bianca Belair, this match was actually pretty good. It was a little bit of back and forth. If anybody could give Bianca Belair a good match. You know, it it would definitely have to be Carmella, you know, with with Naomi and Sasha out of the picture, and you know Becky and Oscar kind of going back and forth with their little feud and things like that. This feud right here, Bianca and Carmella, I could see this going again at SummerSlam. You know, maybe even to Survivor Series in November, but we'll see what happens. This match was pretty good. Bianca Belair went over decisively, and uh, but like yeah, the whole you know her being attacked at the end was 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 pretty interesting to see that you know and things like that but it made for a good match you know this was i feel like this is just the 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 they're setting up the foundations of what is to become on the next rivalry for bianca belair who is still the raw women's champion uh flipping over to smackdown we had the smackdown women's championship in which uh, Ronda Rousey defended the title against uh, Natalia. This was kind of the dud of the night, if you ask me. It was kind of boring, kind of going back and forth with the submission holds. I've never really bought into Ronda Rousey as a WWE superstar. Like, really, I don't. You know, the rivalry between her and, her and Charlotte, it didn't impress me really at all. Because Ronda, I, I, now I respect what Ronda Rousey did in MMA, UFC, and all that. I respect everything she does for that. But for her to kind of come in in WWE, now, I will say she is getting better as far as in-ring style. Her style is getting better. I will say that. It's getting better. She's working with a lot of people who can really get her over now, like Charlotte, like Natalia, but... You know, her promos are what kills her, man. Like, when they give her a mic, doesn't really make sense. And Natalia's the same way. Like, Natalia's been, like, the head girl in charge for the women's division. You know, because she's been there for so long. She's got a, she's got the wrestling in her blood. She comes from a wrestling family and, uh, and things like that. But I think her not being champion or her not even winning this type of match it really is detrimental to her career you know she's kind of been on the back burner you know yeah she's had some pretty good runs with other people and everything like that but you know putting putting Natalia with Ronda worked on paper but their execution like their build-up was horrible didn't really don't really buy Natalia as a heel like it worked to an extent but not against Ronda Rousey because nobody really... I wasn't really getting behind Ronda Rousey. So I can only imagine what everybody else was saying because, I mean, like if it was Natalia versus somebody else, like a Liv Morgan 
or like a, um, uh, like a, like a, or like if Rhonda is working with somebody who is a proper heel, like it's hard to get behind Nat when she's not a really a proper heel. She never really had a good run as a heel because she never really had anybody to go against. Now, if it was Rhonda against Shayna Baszler, who's a, a, also a badass, or if it was, you know, Nat against an over baby face like Liv Morgan, you could you could make it work. You know, it, it's there. The potential is there. But, you know, they went with what they had. and They, they went with somebody who, who could give Ronda a good match and kind of carry the match as far as it goes. But, yeah, Ronda going over on Nat wasn't really that surprising to me. Um, that match was kind of a dud anyway. The only thing that made it better was that this is where... Liv Morgan cashes in because yeah, even though their match was kind of a dud, it did leave Ronda battered and bruised. And then of course, you know, Ronda actually puts Mo- Liv Morgan in you know danger, thinking that she's not going to win it. And I remember thinking to myself, she runs out to the ring and she puts Liv in that ankle lock, and I was like, dude, if they make Liv lose this way, I'm going to be pissed. That's so fucking messed up. But unfortunately, but, you know, but luckily for us, Morgan pins Ronda Rousey and becomes the new SmackDown Women's Champion. And then there's that embrace at the end. And, you know, Ronda has that look on her face like, okay, I don't have to do this anymore. It's like, it's like she don't want to be there. Like, she wants to be there for a certain amount of time, but she doesn't want to embellish in somebody's, she doesn't want to revel in somebody else's success. Like, she doesn't want to be there. And things like that. But for Liv Morgan to cash, to win Money in the Bank and then cash in and become the new uh, SmackDown Women's Champion, good for her. You know, she had, she had always been referred to as, you know, the girl who gets so close but never seals the deal. But to be honest, they kind of, all honesty, if I have to be completely honest with you guys, in all honesty, they botched the whole thing because... If you go back and watch the Money in the Bank ladder match, the opening match, when Liv comes out, she looks like she's already been crying. And I was like, is she overcome with emotion because she's going to win? And then she won. And then she cashed in. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. You know, so her expression on her way to the ring kind of gave it away in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, I kind of saw that coming. Like, I'd be, I would I would have been... I was happy for Liv Morgan to win, but not surprised, if that makes sense. Like, I'd have been more surprised if somebody else won. I'd have been pissed if, you know, Liv Morgan wins, cashes in Money in the Bank, but loses, you know? I was like, what the fuck? You know? But overall, big ups to Liv Morgan. She definitely deserves it. She definitely needed a chance to not only prove herself as champion, but to prove that she could definitely get the job done no matter the circumstance. Next up, we have the match of the night, in my opinion. It was the Undisputed Tag Team match uh, for the Undisputed Tag Team Championship. The Usos defending the titles against the Street Profits. This was a good match. Now, the Usos have kind of been, you know, lollygagging around uh, with Roman Reigns for a while now. Uh... Their feud with RK Bro 
should have went on longer, but then, you know, Randy Orton's injury kind of sidelined that. So they needed fresh opponents. You know, the last good rivalry they had was with the New Day, but, you know, that was kind of done and over with. That is a, That wasn't an impressive rivalry to me. And it looked like you were going to see the same thing with them and RK Bro, but then along come the Street Profits. You know, Randy Orton got hurt. Matt Riddle went on his, uh, you know, was having a pretty good run as a solo, as a solo person while Randy Orton's on the shelf. So the Usos needed tag team to go against, and then in come the Street Profits. Now the Street Profits are former SmackDown tag team champions, but. Against the Usos, they matched up pretty well. And uh, I got to say, this was a really good match. This was, like I said, this was definitely the match of the night. It went back and forth. It had a lot of that old school, you know, uh, dramatic, uh, that dramatic tag team wrestling that, you know, is so cool that we rarely see nowadays. Huh. But... The match did end in controversy, you know, when I think Jimmy has uh, uh, Montez Ford pinned, but, you know, you can clearly see that his shoulder is up. It's not on the ground, so the referee shouldn't have even been counting. So hopefully with that, we'll probably get, I'm hoping, a rematch, maybe with a stipulation at SummerSlam in three weeks. So, because this, this match was way too good for a random pay-per-view. You know, I, I honestly believe that the Profits are going to win, but then for the Usos to kind of, you know, win with, you know, shenanigans at the end, you know, the referee counting three, even though his shoulder was up. I was like, oh, hopefully at, at no way, at uh, at SummerSlam, there'll be, there won't be an easy way out for the Usos to walk out with the titles and things like that. And, uh, but oh, this was a good match. This is really good, so... And then, of course, our main event was the men's Money in the Bank in which it was Seth Rollins, Sheamus, Sami Zayn, almost Matt Riddle, and, um, uh, man, I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, but then, but then, of course, you know, before the match even starts, they add an eighth character and they build it up to see who's going to be this new character, new person added. And a lot of people were holding their breath, talking about, man, it could be Bray Wyatt, it could be John Cena, it could be anybody. But then it's Austin Theory. So then Austin Theory's added to the match, and he wins Money in the Bank after losing to Bobby Lashley via submission. He's then thrown into the Money in the Bank main event and then wins the Money in the Bank ladder match, which, in my opinion, I can understand how people would be upset about that, but in my opinion, it might work. I just hope they don't drop the ball with him like they did with Baron. You know, I hope they don't make a joke out of it like they did with Otis. Um, I just hope that they kind of give Austin a, prob- a proper heel run. You know, I can see him. Do I think he'll pull it off like maybe Edge or The Miz? Maybe. You know, may it could work, but you know we'll see. It depends on who he cashes it in on. But if he's gonna be the Money in the Bank, if he's gonna be Mister Money in the Bank, then he they have to really push him. Now they really now they're pushing him into a rematch with Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam, uh, you know, another match for the U.S. title, and that's saying something because imagine holding both. 
the U.S. title and the Money in the Bank briefcase. That's that's pretty, pretty, pretty impressive, if you ask me. Uh, but Austin Theory winning the Money in the Bank ladder match, I was kind of hoping maybe somebody like Sami Zayn would win it. You know, I was a little disappointed that guys like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles and Finn Balor and all those guys were not even on the card. But, you know, it is what it is. And But even though some of the guys weren't on the card, we still got a pretty good pay-per-view. In, uh, you know, even though we didn't have a world title match, we still had, you know, some matches that people can really get behind and say, all right, this is a really good pay-per-view. I mean, I watched it on Peacock, you know, for free and things like that. But at the same time, it's like it'll be worth it in the end when they do start putting when they do start putting, you know, marquee matches, I mean, they're building for SummerSlam because now we got the rematch from WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the uh, for the WWE Universal title. And uh, so that's something to look forward to. But overall, this pay-per-view was pretty good. You know, this pay-per-view did, you know, uh, you know, had its moments. Fairly, I think that was it was Liv Morgan's night, you know, for her to win Money in the Bank and then cash in and become the new SmackDown champion. Hopefully, she has a pretty good run. Hopefully, they put her with somebody that can really kind of get her over. You know, I wouldn't be surprised they put her with somebody like uh, Zelina Vega, you know, Dana Brooke, or you know, hell, even Natalia could you know definitely get back in there. But I just want Liv Morgan to get the props that she's due. You know, she's paid her dues. She's earned everything she has. It's time for her to have at least one run. And this was a perfect way to do it. So, overall, this was a pretty good pay-per-view. I I don't think it was as good as the last one, but it was was entertaining, to say the least. So, there's that. But I am hyped to see where they go, you know, in the weeks going into SummerSlam. So, there's that. And, you know, we'll see what happens from here on out as far as the continuation of the storylines as well as the build-up for Lesnar versus Reigns. Um, but, I'll have, but I'll probably talk about that uh, at SummerSlam when SummerSlam uh, comes, I think it comes at the end of January, at the end of July. So uh, hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll be back with another WWE episode. But anyways, guys, just going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. If you like the podcast, be sure to follow it on all podcast outlets. Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, whether it's uh, Instagram or Twitter, uh, The Madhouse 21 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you like this episode, be sure to be on the lookout for new episodes as they come out. Uh, did a 4th of July episode, so happy 4th of July. To everybody out there, um, uh, we just did Independence Day. We might do another one next year. We might do another one tomorrow. But as the weeks progress, as the, well as this week progresses, I'm trying. I'm gonna do something a little bit different. I'm still gonna be. Uh, I probably will do you know a few wrestling pay per views. You know as the year progresses and things like that. So July has two, which was Money in the Bank, and then. The next one is SummerSlam, so be on the lookout for another WWE pay-per-view. But as far as um, uh, movie reviews goes, I do have the... If you heard my review for uh, Kenobi or um, or my recent one, Independence Day, you know that I'm looking... I've 
Got three animated movies that I need to review. And then, because Thor Love and Thunder is coming out uh, this weekend, this coming weekend, um, I will be covering the first three Thor films. uh, Thor, and then The Dark World, and then Ragnarok, which uh, hopefully by Saturday or Sunday I'll have my review up for Thor Love and Thunder. So I'll try to cover those three films before the movie comes out. And, you know, you guys know me, I'm bad with timing, but we'll see what happens. Uh, But anyways, guys, uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as they drop. And, of course, as always, guys, be sure to embrace your inner madness.